Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Knocked Up. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen the film, just be aware that the plot will be spoiled for you. Enjoy. Hello. There you are. So you said for some reason I wasn't there. Yeah, so it's so like it's like a ghost call. I joined the call and it said I'm the only person there. It's like is there some parallel dimension? This yeah. sounds like one of those bad films in that sort of genre that's emerged in the last five to ten years of oh social media bad. Maybe it's facilitating murders and ghosts and shit. Wow. <laughs> the the first of which actually was Swim Fan. Did you ever see Swim Fan? Yeah, Swim Fan. The the tight psychological thriller for the modern idiot. And I re- I remember watching that um in school and thinking it was quite good. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it since, but it had it had that kind of um psychological thriller vibe that you kind of saw in movies in the 50s and 60s. Um, but where everybody of, was talking like this, where everybody was talking like this, and they were chewing on tobacco. That's just our generic voice for any film before like the eighties. <laughs> everybody t- talking like this in the olden olden times. <laughs> before two thousand and five, everybody yeah. talked like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want to join the Matrix, do you, Neo? <laughs> where we're going, we don't need roads. We're going <laughs> to need a larger ship. Where's all the rum gone, say? <laughs> <laughs> When you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> That's the best line in Jurassic Park. That is the best line. Apart from maybe Clever Girl. I love that Clever Girl line. <laughs> so, I, I love Jurassic Park. Have we talked about how much I love Jurassic Park? I feel like we have We have talked about Jurassic Park on this podcast, but we haven't talked about how much you love it. So please do. I, I am all ears for that. It's, which, it... which brings me to, did dinosaurs have ears? Because... Every time you look at a dinosaur, I'm not seeing any ears. Am no, I? I, I think it's the same situation as your, your average lizard, isn't it? Or bird. That's a good point. Birds don't have ears either. No. I've, no, I've literally never thought of this. My mind is blown. <laughs> that's, why, <laughs> that's why you can say boo to a goose, because they can't hear you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they can just see you and get really, really angry. Yeah, they get really angry because they can see you. But why are they honking then if they've got no ears? What's just... the point in all that? Or the, or the ruckus, the ruckus that they cause. Because they're assholes, Paddy. <laughs> Everyone knows that, yeah. Geese are the worst people on the planet. Yeah, absolute I, geese. I would hate to be a goose. Everybody, nobody wants to be a goose. A, a gosling, fine, I'll take it. I'm not too sure. A Ryan gosling. I'd, uh, a gosling or a Reynolds, who would you rather be? I think I'd... Reynolds seems to have more fun. I don't know. R- Ryan gosling's not bad. He's, he's a jazz man in La La Land, and then he gets to go to the moon in First Man. Um, you know, he's he's all over the place. He gets to violently attack people and drive cars in drive. That sounds like the kind of thing you would enjoy. <laughs> I, Those I are your, your hobbies. I, I love kicking people in the head <laughs> and driving cars. <laughs> the two things that define who I am as a person. I mean, it's the only reason I befriended you, to be honest. Because <laughs> I knew that we had was, that in common. 
I was there at uni and you saw me just beating the crap out of someone and then getting into <laughs> a rusty old Fiat and driving off. <laughs> and I was like, that's the kind of man I want to be friends with. Yeah, the rusty Fiat guy. And everyone was like, who's the rusty Fiat guy? Oh my who's God. The rust- he's who's crazy. the rusty Fiat guy? And then God, it, he's intense. It was like... um. It was like the beginning of When Harry Met Sally when Billy Crystal is like 40, but clearly, but like 20, but clearly 40. And he's wearing a denim jacket and a T-shirt that says college. You're wearing a shirt that said college. <laughs> I was wearing a shirt that said Fiat. <laughs> yeah, Fiat 500. <laughs> so, so swim fan. Yeah. Swim fan. Not this week's um, film, but let's talk about it because it's an interesting film that I feel it. like people have probably forgotten about it. Yeah, I think they have. So it's I'm looking about... at it now. I, I can't remember any of the the cast or names that I do, don't recognise. Jesse Bradford, Erica Christensen, Shiri Appleby. Who are these people? It's got Dan Hadaya in it though. Who's the coach? Dan Hadaya. I'm looking at him now. Um... Oh yeah, him. Oh, he was the, a rookie the, of the, the year. The ah. clueless, clueless dad, um, the evil dictator in Arnold Schwarzenegger's Commando. Um, plug, also... plug for my other podcast while we're on the subject of Rookie of the Year. That was um, one of the films that we discussed recently on Big Boys Don't Bunt. So go and listen to that if you want to hear me and um, my friends Sam and Rosie talking about Rookie of the Year, which is a very silly kids baseball film. If you want to hear in-depth Dan Hadaya chat, go check it out. Yeah, we talk really in depth about Dan Hadai. <laughs> Five hours of Dan Hadai. The guy whose name I definitely knew until just now. <laughs> Before a, just now. <laughs> I'm a low key fan of, of Dan Hadai. I, I, th- I don't think I've seen something with him in that I, I haven't enjoyed. Excellent. Um, so yeah, he's a he's he's a good one. Um, but yeah, so so swim fan. Um, high school swimming. Uh, psychological thriller. Kind of trashy. Got a got a bit of a like cruel intentions vibe, but not yeah. as good, I suppose. But hasn't it got some internet thing going on? It does. It does have the internet. The is internet that, is bad. I believe, if if I'm correct, it's the first film to have the internet in it. Yeah, nothing else before that had the internet. No, never did not exist. You've got mail. Get out. That was talking. I <laughs> was talking about letters. Yeah, not real. Literal literal snail mail. Do you remember when they used to call mail snail mail? And yeah. it was like, look at your email or your snail mail. So, okay. <laughs> snail mail is very funny. It's the same as people who, like, whenever they mention the name of a political party, will call them, like, will we'll do a pun. So, like, the, um, the LIBOR party or the Fib Dems or Tony B. Liar or whatever. It's those kind of people who call it snail mail. <laughs> Tony B. Liar is the best one of yeah. all of those. Because he lied about Iraq, yeah? Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm going to find him and perform a citizen's arrest. <laughs> never, never mind, you know, the European elections today. I didn't even bother to vote because I was out looking for Tony Blair to perform well, a citizen's you, arrest. You were so angry about the Labour Party... And so angry about the Lib Dems that you had no choice but to vote for Brexit. <laughs> yeah. Or well, should I say the Brexit party? Fucking dickheads, aren't they? Yeah. Let's well, be I, honest here. Did you, in a serious note, I did, I did vote. We went to, to the Village Hall, as previously mentioned on this podcast, which is actually now that we've been inside it a couple of times. It's lovely. Oh, I'm very a big, nice. I'm a big fan. Very good. Very yeah. good. Um, I voted as well. I did my usual thing of voting in the most tactical manner to stop the fash from getting in. 
Yes. Which is which how is I the vote o- in every election. The only I, choice ever available to the British voter. Yeah, we don't have the option to vote for who we want to win. We have to vote for who we don't. You, you vote for who's going to stop the people you hate from getting yeah. in. Le- um, least worst twat. That's British, exactly. that's British politics or, in or, three or words. Or rather, even if it's the second worst twat, it's the twat to stop the biggest twat from getting in. Yeah. Um, it is... Uh, it is the way it goes unfortunately um but but brexit party you know aside from aside from uh the politics of it all um fucking stupid name for a party i mean it's very clever <laughs> because people who go oh, i like brexit i'm gonna vote for brexit yeah. party so it's not even a fucking word guys brexit isn't a real word <laughs> it's not in the dictionary is it it, it may well be in the dictionary by now but uh, uh, it's certainly yeah, in the thesaurus, have you, isn't it? Have you seen it, the di- Have you seen the dictionary? There's some right shit in there. There is some terrible stuff in the dictionary. The what's that? <laughs> yeah. Yes. What kind of word is that? <laughs> ridiculous. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. But yeah, the Brexit. I mean, they used to say that UKIP were a single issue party, but the Brexit party is it's literally in the name. Yes. Um. And in a bad name. Also, yeah. we don't know where their money comes from, and they have no policies. So sketchy AF. Yep. Did you? You're the southeast region too, right? Yes. So we were voting. Weirdly, yeah, we live in different counties, but we were voting for the same region because that's how the European elections work. Did you notice that one of the UKIP candidates is called Pat Mountain? (laughs) Pat Mountain, (laughs) (laughs) which I just thought sounds like a baseball player from the 1920s. Hey, I'm Pat Mountain. (laughs) Yeah, it would have been someone on the Bobs and Dugnut list. (laughs) Actually, yeah, to be fair, the list of UKIP candidates was more Bobs and Dugnut than the Bobs and Dugnut list. But I do wonder if, because in the previous election, I voted for Greg Mountain, (gasps) who was the Labour candidate in Mid-Sussex. And I wonder if uh, Doug and Greg Mountain are related at all. Do you reckon (laughs) there's... Doug Mountain. (laughs) No, it was Pat Mountain. Pat Mountain. He maybe. Been, maybe. Maybe he should have been called Doug Mountain. Maybe Pat Mountain was his wife and they're the opposing parties. Yeah, a very awkward dinner. Yeah, because I looked it up and Pat Mountain is, is female. That's the thing with the so name. So it's not, a, it's not Pat. a Patrick, it's a Patricia. No. Yep, I'm glad that it's not somebody who shares my name. Let, let's have a little look at Pat Mountain now. Not much comes up when you Google her, but there's a lot. I think she's from Brighton and just makes like, like or that region, and just talks shit about car parks or whatever. Not even the most famous Pat Mountain. Pat Mountain is a Welsh former professional footballer who is working at Forest Green Rovers as a goalkeeping coach. Oh. He is the most famous. Well done, Pat Mountain. He sounds good. The perfect example of keeping the fash out on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, European elections, weird time. Did you hear that apparently um, loads of like EU citizens were turned away because they were supposed to have filled in some form that nobody told them about? Yes, and even the ones that did fill in the form, it turns out that the government didn't start processing them until after the deadline. Yeah, um, which is so, just like so illegal. and So big, big old voter suppression going on in this great democracy of ours. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, Yay. The, taking back control, more democracy, yeah. Like that's literally the opposite of democracy, and people who want the people who say like, "Oh, we have to do Brexit because it's democracy." This is a prime example of how that's just the stupidest shit I've ever heard. And you know, I'm not one for conspiracy theories, apart from the greats like flat Earth, obviously. Oh, but and don't P, you f- P is stored in the balls. 
and pee, and pee is stored in the balls. That is science fact. I heard it on the Big Bang Theory, backed up <laughs> by a Bazinga shirt. The fa- factual, long-running television program, The Big Bang Theory. It's where, where I, I go le- for all of my topical jokes. Where I learned everything jokes. about science. Exactly. Um, but, you know, it does strike me as a bit suspicious that a demographic which actually has quite a large population of the UK... Uh, who was going to vote primarily for non-Brexit-based uh, parties, suddenly is disenfranchised through supposed incompetence. Um, yeah, weird, that. I, I find that a little bit strange, not going to lie. Yeah, I wonder how many EU citizens living in the UK will vote for the Brexit party. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, I find it a little bit suspicious, not not going to lie. Um, but you know we're going to have Brexit people in. It's kind of inevitable. Going to be a load of Brexit people, and then when we leave the European in in uh, in, in uh, November, first of November, they're all going to get kicked out. Yeah, and then they're all probably going to complain about it, which will be the yeah, most delicious, like, hilarious Burr. irony. <laughs> I've lost my job now. I can't afford to pay my mortgage. Yeah, well, you, you knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Yes. Um, so terrible, terrible situation all round. Yep. Very but terrible. That's, but but that's voting in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. That's voting in the UK. <laughs> so 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 swim fan, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not ready to talk about Not talk this about. week's film. But it might as well uh, be at this point. I, I, I think I would rather talk about swim fan. It hit it. Um but I can't really remember it. I just remember that it had internet and I thought that was clever. But looking at the soundtrack, it is full of some classics of the early 2000s. You have got... Um, uh, Does it have... What's that one by Nickelback? Never made it as a pan man. No, 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 it does does not. But it does have Default, which A, is a terrible band name, and B, is, is the Canadian hard rock band that Chad Kroger discovered. What? Do you remember Default? No, I do not. They they're like can- they're Canadian, of, so I should know them. They're a kind of grungy Canadian yeah. rock band. Associated um, Acts, Chad Kroger. Yeah, and and Associated Acts, uh, Nickelback, um, and uh, and yeah. So he discovered them, and then they released a, a lot of middling rock songs that were fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so there is a there is a Nickelback. I'm uh, looking at thing. this. I don't recognise any of the acts apart from Seven Dust and Ash. Ash Seven are a, d- a great band. Seven Dust, also Saliva. Do you remember Saliva? No. The guy from Saliva um, is the other guy that sings on the Spider-Man song with Nickelback. Oh. <laughs> All roads lead to Chad Kroger. <laughs> yeah. How many steps away from Chad? Um, so there's a, there's Six a heavy... Six degrees of Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> is that his body temperature? Yeah, you've got to keep him really, really cold. It's good yeah, that he's he good that it's cold in Canada. They just pack in with ice before shows. Yeah. Um, that's why there's so much dry ice at the shows, is that they actually have to put it in his shoes so that the cold of it yeah. maintains. Otherwise he'll die. Yeah, exactly. It's really serious. Um, yeah, and then Ash. Ash, who are cool. Yeah. I, I, I remember liking Ash. Excellent band. Yeah, they were really good fun. Um, and yeah, they were, I, I, I miss Ash. I wonder what they're yeah. up to. I think they do still exist, but Charlotte Hatherley left them some time ago. And ah, she well, was an yeah. integral member. Well, it was only three, they were a three-piece, weren't they? Yeah. And then a four-piece, I think, for a time. Um, but yes, she's not in them anymore, but I think they do still tour. Okay. 
Okay. Well, I'm I might check their stuff out. Yeah. I rem- I remember really loving a couple of their early albums when I was a young'un. Yeah, Girl from Mars, banger. Burn oh, Baby yes. Burn, banger. Very and, good. Uh what was the one with the cars? They were driving cars around fast in the desert. I'm going to say desert. I can't remember the name of it, but they have, there was fast cars in a desert. I, I can't and... remember it. Was it was it called Top Gear? <laughs> da, 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 da. We were a band called Ash. <laughs> oh yeah, that was their biggest hit. Yeah, yeah. Or as, as Top Gear is now called, the Grand Tour, which is somehow a thousand times worse. More and like, e- more like the Grand Boar. Oh. We're um, we're currently rewatching Parks and Recreation, and like every on and it's on um, Amazon Prime, and every every so often it like you have to watch a trailer in between it, and it's always the one for the Grand Tour, um, and it's always the same, and I hate it so much. I um I reviewed the game of the Grand Tour. There's I'll a game of the Grand Tour. Yeah, it's like an episodic racing game. Where why? From... Why? <laughs> I like racing games. No, but like, why does it exist? Hey, why, why does it exist? It, but... I'm not sure. Who's, so, who's so, buying that shit? So the grand, the grand tour trio, they do your little bits of voiceover here and there, and then there's footage from the show in between the little bits of racing, and it's almost like little mini bits of racing. So it's uh, so some of it's kind of Mario Kart esque, where you're driving around a circuit, and right. then you get you get things like. Um, you get a power up, which rather than the ink coming up on the screen like in Mario, it's like texts from the other people saying like "You're well rubbish, mate." Blue, <laughs> and it, it obscures your view, um, or or stuff like that. Um, but then there's also more straightforward racing and time attack and things. That it was, sounds awful. It was it was fine, I guess. It wasn't particularly inspiring. But then I'm a big fan of racing games, um, and it. Are you a big fan of racist games? But yes, if so, and... <laughs> you'll love the Grand Tour. <laughs> There's a distinct lack of racist stuff in the game. You'll be pleased oh, to know. Not out of 20. Not out of 20. <laughs> not enough racism. Um, uh, so I was tr- I'm was. i trying to think of a good segue into Knocked Up. Um, yeah, I haven't talked about babies or anything at all. No. How is your baby? He's good, yeah. Still he's being good. a little dude. I assume sleeping right now. But yeah, he's good. He came with us to vote. Obviously, he wasn't allowed to vote, which is a shame. But you know, he'll 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 be old enough soon enough. Absolute suppression there. I know. Give the terrible. babies votes. I know. Votes for babies. You get yeah. all these all these tea towels, all this stuff saying votes for women. We've got that. Where's the votes for babies? Yeah, where's the votes for babies? Yeah, that's what I'm after. So yeah, but yeah, he's he's doing really good. He's Excellent. in great shape. So yeah, I'm I'm still on leave, so it's good. I'm around hanging out with my baby all the time it's the best i'm really enjoying it fantastic so one might say that with your current free-flowing lifestyle you have a lifestyle similar to our main guy in knocked up how's that for a segue i'm definitely researching films that have nudity in them to build a website (laughs) database of them and i live with all of my blokey friends who smoke weed all the time yeah yeah exactly that's exactly. how it works. That's what I'm it's, doing. It's all a front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all a front. Smoke weed every day. So so Knocked Up, I remember vaguely enjoying when I first watched it, however many years ago, um, and being struck by the fact that it occasionally had a heartfelt message alongside the idiocy. 
rewatching yeah. it, I was not as enthralled by this film. Yeah, I I think that sounds pretty fair actually. There were bits of it that I really enjoyed and I did still I was still pleasantly surprised by how heartfelt some of it was and by how funny some of it was. Um but yeah, you're right. Ultimately, it does still feel a bit flat and a bit dated and I I wanted to like it, but it really started to drag towards the end and you're like as it lumbered towards its inevitable conclusion because it had sort of done all the gags about halfway through. And then it was all, you know, just come on, tie up the plot and get it done. But it was like, here's the same gag over and over again. Yes, his mates are louts and they're stupid. And, oh, look, now they're making fun of disabled people. Ha ha. You know? Yeah. And that's something that I find very funny here is that um, there's there's that there's that very lad-based humor in this film that's kind of missing from the other movies of its ilk, um, which might be why it's perhaps aged not as well. So there's a lot of um, homophobic humor. Yeah, um, and and you're partly supposed to be laughing at them because they're they're useless idiots, but at the same time, that it's it's a kind of camaraderie that's aimed that was aimed at the target demographic of this film, really. That's the thing. And it's like um, it's like the pub landlord, isn't it? Precisely, yeah. But I wonder how much of it is because you know, I mean, the perfect example of this is always Sunny in Philadelphia, um, where yeah. you are specifically supposed to think that they're awful people. And and the vast majority of the fan base of Always Sunny recognizes that that it doesn't really accumulate that fan base of people that think, ha ha, what they said is well funny because it's really funny and I'm a I'm a lad. Whereas with Knocked yeah. Up, I think there's still that sense, and maybe it's because it was from from 12 years ago, um, that that kind of humor is is still funny, or at the time it was seen as being funny for that kind of lad based culture. Yeah, I I think like. They were trying hard to, and Judd Apatow, you know, he's a smart man. He knows what he's doing. But with all this stuff, he's, he's trying to satirize bro culture. But by sort of being so invested in it, it almost goes too far the other way. So it, it, I feel like the whole time it walks a tightrope of, of satirizing bro culture and then just sort of outright endorsing bro culture. Precisely. And I think that's where Catherine Hegel's comments at the time, or Heigl, I'm not sure... I, I I thought it was Heigl. Well, we'll go with Heigl because you are almost invariably correct on that. Where where she obviously got a lot of criticism because she said that she felt that the movie was a little bit race, uh, a little bit sexist, um, in its portrayal of women versus men. Um, yeah. And 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 you can kind of see both sides of the coin there because I I think the movie does a decent job of, um, representing the sort of female dynamic. Um, between her character Alison and um, Debbie, played by Leslie Mann, mm, where, yeah. where they feel very genuine, but at the same time, there is that real focus on the fun guy aspect as well. Um, yeah, and so you can kind of see where where she's coming from, and I think that's maybe where the film f- falls down a little bit in in terms of rewatches, because you compare it to things like the Forty Year Old Virgin, um, which which you know has is isn't the perfect movie, but it does have it's still a lot funnier than knocked up i think yeah um or films like anchorman for instance or i mean the perfect example of this is forgetting sarah marshall which we watched on this podcast yeah um, but that has is still also also stars good. jason siegel but also has the um the musical humor <laughs> yeah <laughs> it yes. really works but but like in terms of forgetting sarah marshall that manages to have the the this kind of screwball comedy elements and the heartfelt message uh interwoven in a much better way than mm. knocked up and and it's it's aged much much better in my opinion than Knocked Up has. Not to say that I didn't enjoy Knocked Up, but it felt like it was a little bit more dated and felt a little bit more jarring on this rewatch. 
Definitely, yeah. And that's an interesting comparison, actually. I hadn't compared it to Forgetting Sarah Marshall in my head at all. But you're right, the the screwball aspect of that film is what makes it work. Whereas that's something that's absent from Knocked Up. All of the humour in Knocked Up is at somebody's expense. Yes, yeah. And and it but it, it's an interesting film, I suppose. Um It's not it's not a bad film though, I will say. I no, think it's no. it's competent and it is funny and it is heartfelt and it, it does just about work. It's just a little bit dated and some of the humour misses the mark i'd say yeah i think it's maybe it's it's maybe straddled the um there's almost this generation x feel to knocked up in the way that it portrays its young characters the kind of waste of culture um yeah i was gonna say it's 2007 so it's just before the financial crash when it's like everyone thinks that everything's fine and like you can just have a house with all of your bros and none of them seem to work or do anything and they somehow seem to have money for everything and they're slackers and it's like, yeah, after 2007, 2008, that just would never happen. So that that's sort of a th- bit that's kind of uh, grates a bit now as well. Yeah, that, that whole kind of like slacker culture thing, um, it is a very like early 90s to mid 90s idea of what, what guys do. Um, whereas you're completely right that that kind of idea has very much evaporated and you very rarely see it being portrayed in films anymore um, or, or in media in general, like the kind of um, clerks aspect or, or films yeah. like that. It feels very, very dated for people who have never had the opportunity to just sit around and do nothing like that, apart yeah. from maybe like in their first year of university. <laughs> yeah, if you're um, lucky these days. If you're lucky. and 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 so it's fascinating to see how... It kind of, it's almost like the pre-millennial idea of humour, where millennial humour, a lot of it is based around, and and particularly Gen Y humour as well, a lot of it is based around um, absurdity. Uh, And you look at at like the growth of meme culture and how meme culture has kind of taken over every kind of of medium almost. Yeah, Um, for sure. Where even within like, um, even within TV shows or movies, they're, they're looking for that tiny snippet that's gifable. Yeah, what's that? that um, what's that popular show? Meme of Thrones. Meme of Thrones, exactly. Um, all about who gets to to go viral on the internet for sitting on a chair. Yeah, Simon Cowell is there, and he's got some other scary people. Simon Cowell, Ryan Seacrest, and um, Paula Abdul are there, and they're all sitting in chairs, and they're all looking at you, and it's like, right, they're all sitting on thrones, and then everyone comes up, and it's like, here's my meme. And it's a cat dancing on a chair, and they're like, "Get out!" <laughs> that, that's exactly what it is. What? Well, it's not a dragon dancing on a chair, is it? It's so passe. Exactly. Get yeah. out! If it's not dragons, get out. <laughs> and 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 so knocked up. It's it's before that era. It's before that era of of absurdity, which I think you know precursors to knocked up had managed to do it so so anchorman the reason that anchorman's remains mm. so strong as a comedy and how new generations of people are finding it and still finding it funny is because it's got that absurd angle that people anchorman just... is memeable though that's the thing exactly you still get memeable. people quoting talking about how their apartment is filled with leather-bound books or like even just saying i love lamp and stuff yeah it's it's still uh, there 90 percent of the time it works all the time it's all yeah all of that stuff it's like i could just reel it off and i haven't even seen it in such a long time precisely there's there's something about it and there's something about that kind of humor um that really strikes home and it strikes home to this day whereas i think knocked up it's almost that pre pre meme dominated internet culture and and that kind of ties into the whole framework of what the guys are doing in that film 
where they're creating this uh website of where celeb of where actors are nude um and that's almost like i mean that could very much be a mid 2000s website that a bunch of bros set up yeah definitely you know it, it it's it's that kind of pre-facebook or you know facebook had been around a little bit by this point but before before it become that all all dominating force to be reckoned with um it's it's that kind of pre pre-social media dominance pre-meme dominance internet culture um which which is really interesting to see here um but i think maybe it's to the detriment of the actual comedy if you know what i mean yeah yeah definitely like a lot of the comedy actually really derives from characterization rather than memification which is an interesting study as well um because so much of it is yeah like the bros all just like insulting each other or people yeah trading little lines back and forth and some of the lines are actually quite funny yes yeah there's a kind of you know um I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's like witty dialogue, but there's moments of no. it that are really funny. And you know, um, I do have a very soft spot for Jason Siegel's character in this. He's great. He um, seems like a very sweet man. Yeah, <laughs> sweet, excellent facial hair. A sweet lechy man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his character in this is really funny. But I, I find that like when I initially watched it, I didn't have that much time for the the bro characters in it. Anyway, I found a lot of enjoyment from uh the relationship between seth rogan's ben and and katherine heigl's allison um yeah but i liked it when um she told him to go and fuck his bong and he's like i will yes. fuck my bong doggy style for <laughs> once <laughs> that made me chuckle yeah and and so like their their relationship's really funny and, and what i found um watching it again this time is is even less interesting in jonah hill and everybody jonah hill in this movie is incredibly irritating he is the the most obnoxious and horrible of all of them yes um and it's very disappointing because actually he has done some good stuff but he's also done some complete rubbish as well oh yeah jonah hill's great i really love him um you know 21 jump street i was pleasantly surprised by him in that 21 jump street 22 jump street which you've not seen yet have you i've not we will get onto 22 jump street it is bromance central and i love it obviously money ball street which um, we're watching incredible. next on Big Boys Don't Bunt. Ah, about the uh, Moneyball guys. Yeah, it's about the guy the guy who hit a baseball and it came open and there was all money inside. It was all the money. It was, um, what's his yeah. name? Billy Bean. Who Billy Bean. was Oakland. He still is the GM of the Oakland A's, believe is it or he? not. Yeah. Uh, okay, because then the ideas of Moneyball were taken by um, the Red Sox, weren't they? Yeah. Um, and now whole... everyone. And now everybody does it. Um, and then the Moneyball sort of uh, idea was actually kind of ported over to Liverpool Football Club, quite yes. interestingly. Um, That's right. Which it, to, initially to mixed results because there was this clash between the manager and um, and the sort of uh, club financiers and uh, scouts. But now that they've become more aligned, actually, it's been paying massive dividends for Liverpool, who have been making good, smart, small money purchases and then making big splurges in the market where where it's possible to do so to fit in for effectively perfect players and that that kind of hybrid systems worked very well for liverpool yeah Um, you know this is pre-klopp so so it's jürgen klopp looks like a man who manages his finance as well you know i think he he knows about like (laughs) he's got a good portfolio he knows about wealth management you know i love he knows his shit yeah give me uh, klopp is the guy who i think if there's anybody in the uk who i'd want to go and just hang out with for a day it would probably be Jürgen I yeah. bet you take me to a theme he's, park or something 
Oh, can you imagine going going on? What's the scary one? Alton Towers. Oh yeah, the the, the vertical drop one. Yeah, can you? Uh, stealth. Oh, stealth. Can you imagine, yeah. uh, or is that Thought Park? Yeah, Who not knows? up on my theme parks. Who knows? But yeah, <laughs> if Jurgen Klopp, if you're listening, we want to go on stealth with yeah, you. Yeah, come, Jurgen. Let's let's That's not a euphemism. together. <laughs> um. So so yeah, I love um. I love Jonah Hill, but not in this movie. This movie is not his best moment. No, it's like every single line of his is either homophobic or ableist or sexist. Yeah, it's very and, and that's it. And it's just like, oh, okay, come on, get on with it. Yes, we know you're a bro. Bro, 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 bro. Yeah. Um, and then there's the bro with I've... the beard, and they're all making like jokes about him being a terrorist and stuff, which is very like, oh, yeah, we recently had this Iraq war, so everyone's all up on Islamophobia, lol. Yes, <laughs> precisely. <laughs> Um, so instead I found like I was never really keen on those characters but I paid them even less mind this time around and more time on um, Pete and Debbie's relationship so Paul Rudd Leslie Mann Mm. um, I did like Paul Rudd in this actually yeah who who I found their relationship and I found their characters incredibly interesting and I know that they were explored more in This Is 40 which is a film that I've never seen me Um, neither but I've heard very mixed things about where some people have, have really enjoyed it and other people haven't. Um, so I'm actually quite intrigued to watch that now and see see how I get on. I just looked at the um, the poster for This Is 40. Um, Paul Rudd's wearing a Ween t-shirt on it. Oh, amazing. Oh, the brilliant <laughs> band that we talked about last time. The, yeah, Ween. With, with hits like... I'm riding a donkey. Was there something like that? <laughs> Piss up a rope. It was called. <laughs> That's the one, the one, that one you sent me. You I'm sent riding me. a donkey. <laughs> well, that could be one of their songs, to be fair. <laughs> it could be, couldn't it? That yeah. sounds like one. I've just searched Ween Donkey to see what I'm, I'm, I'm ween donkey. looking for. Uh, there's a song called There's a Pig, apparently. Yep. There's um, also a song called Waving My Dick in the Wind. Mister, would you please help my pony? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Right. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the whole the joke is that... <laughs> no, that's genuine. If you're horny, let's do it. Ride it, my pony. <laughs> Fun fact. You know how I dine out on the fact that I once opened for Ed Sheeran? Yes. In that show, he did a cover of that song that was actually quite good. Oh, really? That's yeah. cool. Can he do that again instead of... Um, <laughs> what's the Irish one that's terrible? Oh, Galway Girl. Galway Girl. Girl. Ed, if yes, you're listening. Terrible. Stop yeah. being... Well, he won't S- be in Game of Thrones again. Scratch that from your back catalogue. Oh, Paddy, Game of Thrones is over. I know. Are, are you the, sad? The people are angry and I'm reveling in it. Oh, they're angry that it's over. I thought they were angry that it was happening, and now they're no, angry they're, that it's over. They're angry that it's happening, and they're angry with the final episode, and the, oh, they're okay. livid. They're, they're furious. What happened in the final episode? You can tell me because I'm never going to watch it. So yeah, Game of Thrones spoilers for the next couple of minutes. Yeah, Game of Thrones spoilers. So um, Daenerys Targaryen, the one who blew up a city in the last episode, she's the one with the dragons. Was she the um, one who wanted to have sex with her nephew? Yes, that's right. Um, right. See, I'm, of, I'm getting it. I'm remembering it now. Lots of people loved her character, and and kind of rightly so. She had this whole white savior thing going on that a lot of people, I think, kind of overlooked because right. they were like, "Oh yeah." So so she is 
very, very Aryan. She was touring around the southern parts of the world of, of Game of Thrones, away from Westeros, which is the main um, continent, and um, freeing slaves and stuff like that. And people were like, oh, yeah, she's the breaker of chains. She's going to go and help everybody. But there was also this kind of weird thing about how she used to like burning people alive and crucifying people. And you're like, oh, mm, that's not, not good. so good. And it was generally like slavers or noblemen. So you're like, yeah, rich people, slavers, that's fine. But then over the course of like the later series, she started getting a bit dragon happy with other people like uh, captured soldiers and things like that. Um, and then in the penultimate episode of Game of Thrones, uh, victory was at hand. The army had surrendered uh, and Daenerys Targaryen decided, hey, dragon, let's go burn up every civilian in this city. So then the dragon <laughs> was flying around, burning everybody up. And a lot of fans were like, oh, this is this is awful. How could they do this to her character? And it's like, well, they did. It's kind of rushed, but it's clearly where they were going to go with this. Um, they they'd laid the groundwork admittedly they'd kind of rushed it in the last series or two um and then basically at the end she's victorious she's like yes i've got control and then uh her nephew lover obviously not too keen on the whole murdering women and children in the streets <laughs> by dragon fire um i can't think why it's kind of like shouldn't have done that that wasn't very nice and and she says something along the lines of no, it's it's fine, you know. We we sometimes have to make these decisions in order to make the world a better place. And uh and and John Snow, the nephew lover, he goes, uh, oh that sounded wrong, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say about Channel 4 News? <laughs> um John Snow's like, "Well, how do you how do you know if you're right? What if someone else has a different opinion on what's right?" And she basically says something along the lines of, "I'm always right, and those people who don't think I'm right are wrong." So, uh he kisses her and it's a passionate kiss and then it's the trope of old kissing someone and then you stab him a lot. So he stabs right. her and she dies. Um, the old the dr- stabby kiss. Then the dragon um, gets angry and rather than burning Jon Snow, it burns up the 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 throne, but the Game of Thrones throne um, in, a, in a... Oh no! In a beautiful moment, a very heavy-handed symbolism where it's like, yes, it's all over. The, the fight for the throne is over. Um, and then the dragon... Does that mean nobody off. won the throne? So interestingly enough, there is nobody a won the of, game. There is a kind of moment where the the traditional method of uh, governance in the Game of Thrones universe is destroyed at the end of end of the show. So after Jon Snow kills Daenerys Targaryen, there's then like a break in time, and then we we witness um, basically all of the noblemen from and, and all of the people who who lead the houses are sitting around. Jon Snow has been captured by Daenerys Targaryen's forces but hasn't been killed yet. Um, and the rest of them are there and they're like, well, we're going to decide who leads the country now. And uh, they decide on Bran Stark, who is a kind of uh, savant, I suppose. Uh, he is something called the Three-Eyed Raven, which will be very hard to describe to someone who's not seen the show before. But effectively, imagine like a walking, living history book who can also see the future and travel right. and like take control of animals and see through their eyes and stuff like that. So he's kind of a psychic, kind of a walking encyclopedia. And they go, he's like Dr. Doolittle. Exactly. Like imagine Eddie, Eddie Murphy's Dr. Doolittle. Imagine Dr. Strange meets Eddie Murphy's Dr. Doolittle. Um, but also he got, he got pushed out of a window in the first episode of Game of Thrones and, and, and broke his back. So he's also in a wheelchair. Um, and so he's a, he's a, he's an interesting character. And they're like, yo, you know loads about history and you'll stop us from repeating it. 
why don't you take over the throne? And you've got this amazing story of how, you know, you broke your back and then you went out into the wilds and you became the three-eyed raven and you survived the ice zombies and shit like that. And he's, he sort of goes, yeah, all right, I'll do it. And then they release Jon Snow. Jon Snow fucks off. Um, he's supposed to be uh, guarding up in the north, but instead they let him go free and he goes to run off with his friends. Um, right. And, to Pompeii. It, to Pompeii. Um, and so it kind of has a ha- vaguely happy ending. Um, but people are really angry. And um, what did they want to happen? I think a lot of people. I kind of wish I hadn't asked that because I'm going to get an answer. (laughs) Some people (laughs) wanted evil fantasy fascist Daenerys Targaryen to win. And that's weird. Right. Um, People didn't like the fact. That's like those people who are like, oh, the Empire should win in Star Wars. They're better. Yes, yeah, and and the rebel, can, the rebels are Jeremy Corbyn, and you can kind of understand people wanting Daenerys Targaryen to win because for so long she was seen as the good guy in the show. But one of the things that they were clearly trying to do with Game of Thrones was um, flip flip it around and make you think, wait a minute, should be should we really be rooting for someone who believes in absolute monarchy as much as this? Should we really want someone to have this absolute control in the form of an absolute monarchy? Or should we be looking for something else? Um, and they did it not in a particularly good way because they rushed it. You know, they should have done it over 10 episodes instead of six. Um, but you could kind of see what they were trying to do there. And I think a lot of people missed the point of that when thinking, why didn't my favourite take the throne? Also, um, there's been a lot of criticism from feminists who said, why does Bran get to take the throne? Why isn't it one of the women characters? And why did the woman turn evil? And... Uh, I think there's been a lot of sexism in Game of Thrones, and I'm not too sure about the final episode being the perfect example of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, know, there's been a lot of sexist bullshit in Game of Thrones. I don't think necessarily this is the right example because the, what they're trying to say is um, choose someone who doesn't have an absolute monarchist stake in it. Choose someone who is more um, rational and who can make decisions on behalf of the people everywhere instead of for their own selfish reasons and he was kind of the only character that could do that um short of making westeros communist which i would have been on board with yep communist game of thrones that's that would be the only thing that could make me watch it yes and also lots of people completely misunderstood certain elements of it at all because they weren't actually watching the show um so it was a enjoyable trashy heap and i loved it and I'm kind of reveling in the anger that so many other people have where they're saying this is the worst, this is the most disappointing moment in television history and stuff like that. It's glorious. It's glorious. I'm... The most disappointing moment in television history. Yeah. Surely that was the end of Noel's house party. Well, exactly. You know, I can't believe that the, the final episode of Noel's house party was just Noel Edmonds with a sledgehammer just breaking Mr. Blobby's legs whilst looking directly into the camera and saying... This is what you want. This is what you want, you pigs. You absolute hogs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that that's how Game of Thrones ended, and people are really angry. And oh, I, good. I kind of enjoyed it. I thought it was good, and and very rarely do shows end in a way that is satisfying. I probably can count, you know, maybe ten examples of where a, a TV show has ended where I thought that's a good ending. Right. Um, so seeing one that is a pretty decent ending, I'm happy with that. Endings are hard. They are particularly oh, to when, be fair. Particularly when you've been going for so long 
and there's so much weight on the shoulders of the show to actually deliver something that people want yeah um i can i can understand why it is difficult and i think they kind of pulled it off and maybe with time people might be a bit a bit more sympathetic to it um but yeah i mean it wasn't as good as so so like for instance penny dreadful is a wonderful television show that ended in a very good manner um and it didn't it didn't pull that off as such um but it was still all right it's still, it did pretty well good 6.5 out of 10 game of thrones 6.5 out of 10 does it have at any point the song rock lobster by the b52s soundtracking a sex scene it doesn't but that is something that we could certainly create <laughs> yeah i mean yeah with the with the wonder of technology i could create that very quickly but i don't need to because it happens in knocked up <laughs> it does it does <laughs> um there there there's some sex so i enjoyed that movie. a lot yeah there there is and again and it's played kind of in a very it's one of those rare moments in this movie and and what works so well about it where it plays it in a very human way where the humor doesn't come out of quippy one-liners but instead comes out of the situation and kind of like the entirety of the sort of scene itself yeah what is really good is actually the um the cinematography and all that there's a bunch of different cuts that work really well like um it just cut there's one point where like she's all like being all nice and prim and proper and talking about doing stuff for the baby or like stuff and like it's all her very very nice life with the soft lighting or whatever and then it, she's like oh I'm gonna have to call Ben and tell him and then it just cuts to them and they're all like smoking in their in their bro house and it just cuts to one of them going I love weed <laughs> <laughs> and there's another one where like it just cuts to like his naked bum while he's lying there in her bed as well and it's stuff like that that actually works really well it's good with the the visual cues I think yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and and so I think I do think that the the moments between the two of them work pretty well. I I, I do I do recognise Catherine Heigl's criticisms where Seth Rogen gets to be the funny one and she has to be the straight one because a lot of the time is spent laughing yep. at his little jokes, and I don't think that necessarily that's the best part of this film. And I think they could have made more out of what really works which is their relationship and 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 the developing sort of strands of of how they interact with one another yeah i i totally agree it's all like oh yeah he's the funny jokey bro and she's the kind of the boring straight woman and eventually they obviously yeah they do get together and they settle down and he decides to be helpful with the baby and all that stuff at the end is quite tender but yeah the 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 film kind of relies on that for its humor and that's ultimately i think where it's coming from and that's just a bit dumb yeah yeah which is a it's a shame but i think it's um it's i think it works pretty well in terms of their relationship and i can understand why it made such a such a surprise when it came out because you know off the back of movies like super bad you wouldn't necessarily expect this level of maturity in a film like this no um no no i'm not i'm not going into it expecting it to be citizen kane no no um, but it, it, it does leave a mark like that. And I think that's there's something to be said about that. We need to talk about Superbad at some point. We do need to talk about Superbad at some point. Um, n- mainly McLovin and how that, <laughs> became, that became a phenomenon and suddenly disappeared. Again, memification. Yeah. That's like, a I think, a very, very early example of meme culture. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I think because um, Superbad came out the same year as as knocked up um but yeah again it has it has those 
it's hard to think of lines from Knocked Up which would be quotable in the same way as as Superbad or, or, or have those scenes that are immediately as memorable as Superbad scenes, even though perhaps Knocked Up is a better movie. Yeah. Um, it's it's really interesting that way. Yes, it is. It's, it's, it is interesting. Yeah, I'll give it that. And there are lots of... The, the cast is a really interesting thing as well. So so many... Basically everyone in this cast is famous and is someone who is good but might not have been that famous in 2007. Like it was Ken Jeong's film debut and I really like him. And there's a stand-up special of his on Netflix that's quite good where he talks about what a break it was for him and stuff. And yeah, lots of very, very good people. Uh, okay. Um, it's got Harold Ramis in it. Yeah, as the, the Jewish dad. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing that I didn't remember at all was um, Alan Tudyk and Kristen Wiig as the um, TV execs. Yeah, which, which yeah. I did Chris, not remember. Kristen Wiig. I, I had no idea that she was in this. But yeah, I didn't remember that whatsoever. And it they were really funny. And I didn't remember their characters at all. But I thought those scenes worked incredibly well. Um, and, and and I kind of enjoyed seeing her at work and that kind of work environment thing, um, even though it it's not something that people necessarily remember about this movie. I thought it was really well done, and I thought it yeah. was it was very very funny. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I was going to say Jay Baruchel. He is Canadian and where it has the the tattoo of the maple leaf. That's his real tattoo. Oh, that's amazing! And I saw a um, a, I watched a documentary a couple of years ago about hockey enforcers. You know, like the the fighting goon blokes, and he was in it talking like really knowledgeably about hockey. And he's uh, great. Okay, a big fan of him. Is he, he like also... the is he like the the light side of the mirror to Josh Duhamel's? Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's that Josh Duham is is the evil twin yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> who escaped canada and went on a rampage yeah exactly <laughs> um oh bloody hell look at the time how have we managed to talk for this long i know we talked a lot about um games of throne didn't we we talked a lot about game of throne we talked a lot about swim fan I think that's where we went wrong. Um, do you, Do you have anything else you want to say about this movie? Um, no, I, I think we've said more or less everything. I just wanted to mention a bit when they there's there's quite a few good, quite good pop cultural references that are quite funny. Some of them are a bit dated, but there's one where they're in the club and they're talking for some reason. He brings up the film Munich, which is really weird, and then talks about how good Eric Banner is in Munich. And then he says, if any of us get laid tonight, it's because of Eric Banner in Munich. And that that I was absolutely gone at that. <laughs> Mainly because we talked like some episodes ago about how good, how awesome Eric Banner is and how we love him. So I was like, yes, it's true. See, I felt validated. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, I, I, I suppose again that's a real sign of the times because Munich was a couple of years before this and uh, got a lot of nominations, uh, including Oscar noms. Um, yeah, won some Golden Globes, stuff like that. Um, so it was a very well-respected movie at the time, and it is one that's kind of been forgotten about a little bit now, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. But but it kind of really pinpoints when this movie was around that that munich would be a talking point at all uh it's very sort of in the couple of years after after it came out yeah like who's talking about munich now exactly but it is good i might go watch it get, get some eric banner on the go yeah i love eric banner he's so handsome he is brilliant i, yeah. I genuinely love him an awful lot 
Yeah. And also the the thing about this film as well is that it's that kind of male fantasy of like a schlubby guy sleeping with a beautiful woman, which doesn't happen. It's not real. <laughs> <laughs> not to be a conspiracy theorist, but it's always like, oh yeah, as if she would ever entertain yeah, spending any time with a schlubby guy like him. <laughs> well, I am living proof of the opposite, Paddy. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's funny, isn't it? It's weird that they kind of set it up as that. Oh my God, she's so hot and I'm such a stoner loser boy. Oh. Yeah, that just feels a bit tired yeah. these days, doesn't it's it? It's a bit of a cliche. And I, I suppose it was kind of a cliche at the time that it came out. But yeah, you know, na- nowadays, when we do a movie like that, we like it to be all about catfishing someone and framing it in a positive manner and gender swapping it (laughs) yeah if it's gender reversed it's fine (laughs) a lot of the time it is had internet in it yeah if it's got the internet in it then it's fine and then it can be about see swim swim fan had internet in it good film exactly knocked up also has internet in it also good Good. film yeah just about yeah just about gets over the line (laughs) Not <laughs> knocked up is the guy at the um the, the marathon recently who was wearing the big ben outfit who couldn't get over the do you do you remember that video <laughs> no um there's this guy wearing a big ben outfit to look this up. who um was coming to the end of the marathon running you know like well done lads you've worn the costume um but then his the, the tower of his big ben was too tall to get under the the banner <laughs> So, <laughs> the Eric Banner. The Eric Banner. So he had to then sort of try and duck under it and couldn't quite do it. So he had to get someone to then help him cross the line. Um, which is, I don't know, there's something beautifully like funny oh, about it. That's poetry. British poetry. And and that's what Knocked Up is, apart from its tower, is useless bro humour and a runtime that is absurdly long for a film. It is time. way too long. Yeah, you could it, shave half an hour off. It feels... I was just about to say the same thing. You can shave half an hour off. It, it feels long. Um, It's probably... What is it, about two hours long? It's over two hours. Yeah. Yeah. And you could, you could quite happily get rid of half an hour and it would still be just as concise and, you know, it would still work structurally without, without that half hour of extra like filler yeah for sure um but yeah right so a little bit of trivia for you shall i yep hit me i i will hit you when you least expect it (laughs) with my rhythm stick (laughs) um so um so this is seth rogan's first leading role i did know that yes and he's supposed to be 23 years old i didn't realize he's actually younger than i thought oh really how old he's not that much younger than us um I think he's he's actually kind of ageless, isn't he? Let's see, Seth Rogen. Oh, he was born in 1982, so he's 37. Oh, okay, yeah, I would have definitely put him in like the late 70s category. Yeah, I felt like by now he was um he should be for he should be in his 40s. Yes, yeah. So so this film is um it it's partly based on Judd Apatow's real life, um and the right. birth of his first daughter with Leslie Mann. Um, right okay which is interesting and like um there's sort of lots of elements there that sort of sort of a parallel to their lives and their situation at the time which i think is a quite interesting way to do it and i quite like it when movies have that frame of reference to real life like Mm. um when harry met sally we were talking about that last time how rob reiner based it on his his own divorce exactly yeah And, and and the big sick as well you know is a real 
um big example of that where mm, yeah. I, I think taking a real world situation you've been through and putting that comedic spin on it it allows you to keep that human element and i think and i think the human element of of knocked up is what works so well um so yeah it's it's good i like that i i like that it's based on 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 real life stuff and and the kids are jada patel's daughters um, yes i did know that so and 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 pretty much all of their dialogue was improvised as well which is brilliant oh i did not know that um so so yeah th- those human moments are what makes this movie interesting i think yeah um, definitely and it, th- those are the things that you yeah you can tell that they put a lot into it from from that point of view they just got bogged down in foolishness yes. but you know 2007 was a very different time it indeed it was so i'll, I'll end the trivia with one bit of of, of foolish trivia for you uh, Bill Man, Hader. Love me some foolish trivia. <laughs> Bill Hader was originally meant to play one of Ben's group of friends. The part was recast because he looked too old. <laughs> That's really unfair. Because very... he appears in one of the other scenes um, briefly, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and he, he looks the same age as any of them. Yeah, it's very sad. I feel how, for him. how old even is Bill Hader? He's not uh, that old. So he is. Let's have a look. He was born in 1978. So he's not that much older than them. Yeah. So yeah, I feel. I feel for you. He looks like Zach Efron. Zach, Zach Efron's responsible older brother. Yeah, yeah. Zach. That Zach's down at the park and he's going too hard on the swings. And Bill. Bill Hader's there on the side, like smoking a menthol cigarette, and sort of looks up and is like, "Don't do that, Zach. Gonna hurt yourself." Yeah. And then Zach Efron. And when he's a little off. bit older, yeah. Well, he falls off, he picks him up. When he's yeah, a little he's... bit older, you know, he picks him up from house parties, makes sure he gets home all right, and he know, that he hydrates so he doesn't get a hangover. Yeah, and he, he covers for him when, when he comes home drunk, and he's like, oh, you know, he's just out with his friends, that kind of thing. He's the good, he's the good older brother, good surly older brother. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's it, that's it for trivia. Um, how are we going to rate this bad boy? Oh, good question. Um, how many mushrooms would it take for you to want to go to see a Cirque du Soleil show? Oh God, that is a. There's, there's a bit where they go to see Cirque du Soleil, and he's like, "Oh, no, at first he's like, I've got a bag of mushrooms," and he's like, "What? Well, save them because we're gonna go watch, go see Cirque du Soleil in Vegas," and that made me laugh because, yeah, I would only go and see Cirque du Soleil if it was on mushrooms. I mean, I was gonna say this. <laughs> Um, it, it is going to be a pretty in real life it would be an awful lot of mushrooms to get me to go and see Cirque du Soleil um, but in this situation let's go with a 12 I'd say yeah, 12 mushrooms I think, I think that's about fair I will, I, I'll also give it a 12 you know it's good 6 out of 10 solid yeah it, it, it was enjoyable to watch it hasn't aged very well um, I wouldn't necessarily think about watching it again anytime soon um, no. whereas films but like I'm glad that Sarah I did Marshall, yeah I'm glad that I did but films like Forgetting having Sarah not Marshall, seen it for a while it was to... yeah it was fresh yeah yeah um but yeah so it's 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 fine fine film yeah it doesn't have like a vampire puppet musical or anything no precisely Nought out of 20 no vampire puppets um yeah. so so what are we watching next well I I had a few a few different ideas but I realized you know whilst I was thinking about Kevin Bacon the other day, that I've never seen Footloose, the original Footloose from 1984. Ah, so, okay. And I felt like we hadn't done a musical in a while, so I feel like we should do Footloose. I thought you were going to throw me a curveball there and be like, 
Oh, you know, I was thinking about Kevin Bacon the other day. Uh, you know, I've never seen Footly, so that's why we're going to watch Tremors. <laughs> Is there any romance in Tremors? <laughs> he falls in love from with the love between The love between a man and a worm. <laughs> love between a worm and human A giant flesh. worm. Yeah. He falls, he falls I suppose in love we could. Geologist. No, no. I can't, can't. I can't even remember it. I can only remember the big worms. I don't think we can justify tremors on this podcast. Maybe in October. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah. No, Footloose. You sure you don't want to watch the remake? Uh, well, maybe we could save that for a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd rather watch the um, the old, the proper old version first. Yes, definitely. I don't. I don't think I've watched this film in well over a decade. So let's get on it. Yeah. Looks good. Excellent Alrighty. stuff. Cool. Well, I think I don't have anything else to say, so I think we should leave it there. Yes. So what did you think of Knocked Up, dear listeners? Did you yeah. enjoy it as much as when you first saw it? Had you seen it before? Did you think... Have you, it... <laughs> have you been knocked up? <laughs> did you think it was about um, gangsters punching each other and saying, oh, get you knocked up, mate? I'll knock you up, my son. Knock you up, my mate. Oh, yeah, that's what it means in British. It just means punching someone. Get knocked up. We'll go no- get knocked up. <laughs> that's what's going to be happening after Brexit. Yeah, that's that's pure Brexit. Post Brexit, or probably just... tomorrow, because I hear Theresa May's in bad shape. I th- I think she's going to get knocked up, my she son. Can, she can get knocked up by by all that Boris. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He he's definitely got some powerful fists to knock people up. There's certainly a lot of flesh on them. Got... <laughs> yeah, he is just sort of a, a ball of flesh with straw on top that knows Latin, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> that is the perfect. <laughs> That's the perfect description of Boris Johnson: <laughs> a ball of flesh with straw on top that knows Latin. Oh, you could follow follow that with various expletives, of course. You could, yeah. But in, instead, we'll just say thank you for listening, dear listeners. Yeah, thanks a lot for listening. We really, really do appreciate it. Obviously, yeah, we had a bit of a break, and now we're back to our regular schedule, which is great. So, yeah, here we go. I hope you're hope you're enjoying it. And as always, get in touch um, on the Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. Emails Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at Gmail dot com. Rate, comment, subscribe through whatever wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be on there. Um, leave us ratings and reviews. Always very, very much appreciate it. Always love to hear from you. Yes. Give us your feedback. Give us your comments. Yeah. It's what we live off. Yeah. But if it's bad feedback, we'll knock you up. We'll knock you up, mate. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Right. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>